This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe here with you as we plunge ahead toward Christmas. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm jolly. I'm jolly. My um, two-year-old is obsessed with holiday lights. Oh. And it started with Halloween. Our, our neighborhood went bonkers for Halloween, like 10, 12-foot-tall inflatables, huge lights. One one house, like two blocks away, literally boarded up all the doors and windows, put police tape, fake blood on the windows. Like Whoa. Wild stuff. He loved it. We went on strolls every night. He'd say, I want to see the spooky lights. I want to see the spooky lights. Now, it's I want to see the holiday lights. He waves out the window to there's a Mickey and Minnie across the street. And then the next house down, they've got a Santa and a dog and a snowman. And he thinks the dog is a raccoon. So he says, hi, raccoon. Hi, Santa. <laughs> hi, snowman. It's it's the funniest thing. It's so good. So so I would just say that I'm jolly. That is adorable. Okay, what is, what is the number one like show or character in his life right now like the stuffed animal the program the whole thing like what's is is, are are there a few or is there one at the top of the list um that's a good question so he doesn't watch tv but he knows he's familiar with like paw patrol it's funny because I, i don't know why but for thanksgiving his daycare sent a picture and it said i am thankful for it was a sign he was holding and then he filled in he said what he was thankful for and it said mice and we're like, what is that about? Like, where did that come from? So we said, Gavin, like, what are you thankful for? And for like a month straight, he'd just say, mice, mice. And we're like, where, like, where are you even learn? Like, where are you learning this? Why, are you, th- you know, are you thankful for mama? No. Are you thankful for dada? No. What are you thankful for? Mice. Every day, same thing. So maybe mice are his favorite character. Wow. Um, he he he's very. He pays a lot of attention to his surroundings, so he knows Mickey and Minnie. He knows the Paw Patrol people. He know he he knows a lot of stuff. He just uh, he just likes mice, I guess. I like that. You have a very idiosyncratic oldest child. That's very cool. <laughs> Anyways, I think this is supposed to be a golf podcast. No, I love this talk. All right, folks, 
we plead every single week. But this time, we have a giveaway to go along with it. That's right. It's the season of giving on At The Turn. And our friends at Matchstick Golf have provided quite a treat. A limited edition Arnold Palmer Matchstick collaboration with Muni Kids. It's a beautiful ball marker. We have it all over social media. It's the king. He's got a heater in his mouth. Looking like the coolest guy on planet Earth. And we will send this to you. All you have to do is go on Apple Podcasts in the month of December. You must leave a new review. That's right. If you've already left the review for the podcast, we thank you so much for listening to the show. You are completely ineligible for this. Needs to be a new review. And what you have to come up with, and this is hard. I don't think you're going to find this on Google. In your review, to enter, we're going to pick one of the random people who get this correct. Leave us the recipe for an Arnold Palmer. If you're able to identify how to make an Arnold Palmer, you leave the recipe in your review, you're automatically entered to win this beautiful ball marker. Nick, can you describe this to the people? Um, it looks like it should be hanging in the Louvre and, and not resting six feet from the hole waiting to be marked again in, in a few minutes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. By the way, I'm going to be in the Louvre in a few weeks. How wild is that? It's so good. The planet Earth is crazy. Please rate and review the podcast. Leave the ingredients of an Arnold Palmer, and you have a chance to win. One more thing. We talked about it last episode. We're going to keep talking about it. Join at the Turns Survivor Pool. $10, winner take all. Pick one player each week to make the cut, starting with the Tournament of Champions in January. Once you use a golfer, you can't use him again. If you want to enter this exciting survivor pool we're going to have in 2023, DM us on Twitter or Instagram, and we'll send you a link. Nick is already doing his research. He's got spreadsheets, looking at the data, figuring out when to maximize the right players mm -hmm. at the right time of year. Nick, who are you going to pick for the Tournament of Champions? You ready to reveal that? <laughs> no. Okay. I like it. A little cagey. A little cagey. Well, Nick, I played in a uh, pretty fun golf tournament recently. It's the 40th annual One Club Challenge at Rose City Golf Course. Now, I'm not going to go into my round too much. I played well. I won a KP. I shot 85. I finished T4. That's besides the point. Oh, that's good. That's great. I was I was very pleased with that. How many? Can I just ask you one question? Sure. I, I I know. I have to interject. How many times did you play Rose City and shoot with fourteen clubs? And shoot eighty five or higher. Trust me. Year? This this conversation was had all day. The whole group played pretty well. <laughs> I think the worst score was a one hundred and two. We're all like we're and 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 this ultimately was my takeaway. I think I'm really overcomplicating golf. I think I'm really overcomplicating golf because. I wasn't really in trouble. I I was always in like front of the green or on the green and like two or three shots. And I, I probably would have broken 80 if I wasn't putting with a six iron. So it's like, <laughs> what, what, what really have I been doing? And that, and that was my thought, especially around the green. I, I always chip with my 56 degree wedge pretty much in every situation. And once you get used to chipping with a six iron, I don't know how else to say it. That shit is easy. It's really easy to chip with a six iron when you're used to it. Now, granted, 
We did play in late November, so it's a little more wet. Mm. Green's just slower than you would be used to. But you bump that down to a 9-iron or an 8-iron, maybe a pitching wedge. I still think it's the way to go. Get the ball on the ground. I'm a dumb American hitting the ball as high as I can. I got to get that thing on the ground. And getting creative and being able to take you know, 20, 30 yards off a shot in the fairway, I really, I really, I'm, I'm really going through an existential moment of like thinking differently about how I play the game of golf in the best way possible. It's, I think it's forced all of us to reevaluate what the hell we've been doing out there the whole time. You've played this before, though, right? I have, and I used this is the a, first time you've left with with this feeling. A hundred percent, yeah. And I will say the key is the four of us went out. The my buddies, I convinced them all to play in this. We went to a pitch and putt the weekend before, and we kind of worked out the kinks a little bit. Just, you know, no holes over 100 yards. Just figuring out how to putt and chip and kind of getting the rhythm of it. I think that really helped us feel prepared going into it of like, okay, well, we have to putt with our six irons today. And um, even my buddy Shane, my comedian buddy, who's only been playing a couple of years, he shot 102 with his eight iron. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> so my big takeaway is I – I really think I need to play golf differently just from a course management and strategy standpoint, especially from 100 yards and in. I just get the ball on the ground if there's no force carry. Like, it's, it's, it's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Fun um, day. What do you think the winning okay. score was? I got that's, – that's not my first question on the mm. list. So we, we talked about this a while ago, and you asked my, my advice. Uh-huh. And I, I think I suggested like hybrid or, or a five wood. So I just, I'm just curious, did you consider that? What went into the decision making? What was like, how did you land on six iron? And did, didn't, haven't you used a seven iron in the past? Like, like how did that, how did that decision making process? Yeah, eliminate 13 clubs from, from this whole decision. Well, I will say that the six iron is one that I feel comfortable that I can work both ways if the situation calls for it. I also feel like it's a club that if I need to muscle up and I'm swinging well, I can get more out of it. Like, I can hit, like, a lower hook. So I feel like I can move the ball a lot and switch distances comfortably. The biggest factor in the 6-iron, honestly, is that this course from the white is barely 6,000 yards. And the okay. longest par 4 was, like, 400. And I was pin high in 2. And I knew that that was a possibility that every hole was going to be within reach if I hit the ball well. Now, you know, for example... There was a 380-yard par 4 that I didn't reach into because I hit my first one like garbage. But if I was striking it well, I was going to be able to reach right. all the par 4s in two. So that's that's what it came down yeah. to. I, I think that's the number one criteria is what club can you reach all or almost all of the par 4s in two. I think that's that's the way to go. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, the winner for posterity shot 77. Um, I was – That's 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 nuts. It is – I, I was two strokes away from low net, and low net gets your name on a plaque that stays in the clubhouse, and I doubled my second to last hole. It's fine. Ugh. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's, that's no big deal. I shot 85 no with one club. I, I, I couldn't be happier about it, but again. Did you post the score? <laughs> Technically, I could have because we were in posting season at that point in Oregon. I exercised my option not to post that as I would as a severe disadvantage <laughs> by having one out of 14 clubs in my bag. Okay. 
It would it would have been interesting to have everyone do another loop with fourteen clubs and see the differences in the score. Um, great day though. Again, get the ball on the ground. Just get the ball on the ground. You don't have to hit it as high as you're doing. Nick, do you want to take this next one? Um. Yeah, I think. Hold on. Are we talking about? Are we talking about the ideal live? Situation, yeah. Okay, sorry, I just meant yeah. to make sure I wasn't missing L- something. Liv, yeah. you get a fifty-four million L-I-V. dollar bonus if you shoot fifty-four. What a tour! <laughs> Did DJ win that yet? <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about it last week. Tiger Woods me- mentioned live. Mentioned Greg's got to go. Rory mentions it. You know, every month or so, he's like, yeah, you know, I think we should get in a room and talk. And, you know, it's like, where is this thing going to go? We don't really know. All we know is there's going to be a lot of drama that unfolds between now and whatever conclusion we get to. But I thought it might be kind of fun to just throw out some hypotheticals. What would be the ideal outcome of the whole live PGA Tour saga um, like, what would be some actual good results for, you know, you and I, the casual golf fans who, who are just going to watch some golf, aren't too real too bothered by the details. We just kind of want to see the best players play golf. So I've got five bullet points. Do you want me to just spout them off? Do you want to ping pong? Do you want to go? What do you want to do? I want you to take each one and then we'll talk about it, but. May I have an opening salvo before you do that? Yes. I I I have live fatigue. I when you when you texted me this topic as a possibility, I was just like Can we can we just have the best players play in the same tournaments? Can we just do that? Can we have them play in the Masters? Let them play their own little side events and let them play in the big four tournaments. That's all I care about. Like Cam Smith is winning every tournament in this weird Australia season that they're having going on right now. And the idea that he's not going to play in the Masters or whatever is just lunacy to me. Figure it out. I don't need the details. I'm tired of the drama. I just want to have the best players all playing in the same tournament. That's it. Yeah, I agree. And it's not necessarily, like, for me, it's not the Cam Smiths, right? Because he just won the British Open. So he's probably going to play in whatever majors he wants to play in. It's more like the Abe Answers and the Joaquin Neemans who who are like top 20 players in the world, but they're not exempt into the majors and they're going to lose the world ranking points. And they probably should be in those tournaments and they're not going to be. Uh, it's more those guys. And it's not only like, oh, am I going to miss Joaquin Neiman? Probably not going to be actively missing him. Like, God, I just want to see Joaquin Neiman. But it's like, who are we going to get instead? Instead of getting, you know, the 35th best player, we're going to get like the 85th best player. And, I think we touched on the fact that 40 guys, I think what was like 40 out of the top 100, whatever it was, it was 20 out of the top 60. It was a third. It was 20 out of the top 60 you had. Yeah. Yeah. So once you go, once you go that deep, it really does dilute the field. So again, it's not like the major winners. I'm considering Cam Smith. I think he'll be on our TV plenty in 2023 and beyond. It's the guys who are good enough to be there. But but won't be because they're not exempt. Well, it cheapens a tournament like the Masters. You know, we 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 know 
from the time the Masters started through today that this is the best field in golf shut up PGA Championship, and it's the most prestigious event in golf, and you can judge Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods against Gene Zarazin and Ben Hogan because they played on the same golf course in the strongest fields every single year with the exception of World War II and a few things here and there. But if they don't figure this out, the meaning of the most meaningful things is not going to be there. And that sucks as a golf fan. Right. So my number one bullet point, actually my number three, but we're talking about already. Great. So OWGR points for all. Um, They got to get that sorted out. And it's not even like pro-live, anti-PGA Tour. It's just like, look, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Patrick Reed and and Joaquin Neiman and Abe Answer are playing each other. You need to figure out a way to 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 put a value on that and 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 get them those points or get just get them in the majors. Just get the the best players in the majors. Somebody figure out how to identify the best players, no matter what tour they're playing on, and get them into the tournaments we need them in. Yeah, and look, there's, um, there's also the angle of, you know, John Ron is very against the official World Golf rankings because there was an event in Europe that got less points than an event in the States, and the States event had worse players in the field and still got more points. So the system independent of live is bad. But you're getting to the point of sort of unpacking fundamentally why the official World Golf rankings even exist. And if they're not there to determine the best players to put in the most important tournaments, then what's the point of it even existing? Exactly. And I think the longer... It's so it's so weird. Like, the longer that Liv doesn't get world ranking points, the the worse it actually is for the OWGR. Yeah, the crazier like you it seems. think that it's like... Exactly. Because obviously Liv is this, this huge troublemaker, but at the same time, like... You can't just say, like, Dustin Johnson, like, you no longer get world ranking points. Like, you're no longer, like, a top 25 golfer in the world. Like, nobody's buying that either. So, it it really, even though they're not playing by by the rules, they're, they're making up their own rules, like, it's still making the OWGR look bad. Yeah, I mean, Cam Smith's probably the best player in the world right now, and he's ranked third. Like, that's, that's dumb. Yeah, he's ranked third, but it's not even, it's not even how it is now it's what he'll be at the end of 2023 right when he'll be ranked like 67th yeah you know because he'll have a whole year without any qualifying terms or he'll play like a couple asia tour events where they're getting like peanuts for world ranking points because just that's how it that's how it shakes out so this this time next year something will have changed nick i'm not convinced of that really to be honest i'm yeah i'm I'm not convinced of i i hope it's true it should be true but that takes me to my next one. Okay. Jay and Greg got to go because the people making these decisions, even though they don't control the OWGR, they still pretty much kind of do because, you know, you, you sway, you get your buddies, you you know, it's the way the the golf industry works at that level. Um, well, to be clear, Jay Monahan's on the board of directors for the official World Golf Rankings. The PGA Tour commissioner is is, is part of that. Yeah, he's one of like like seven eight or eight. nine yeah. or so. Yeah, so it's not like he can just solely decide right. but he can you know invite some friends out to a nice dinner and basically have the majority um so yeah he's not really helping the situation by taking such a hard 
anti-live stance in, in, in Greg is just Greg. The, the damage that both of those two commissioners have done, I think, is irreparable. While they are both in their positions, nothing's going to happen. No progress will be made, in my opinion, while both of those people are at, in charge. So Tiger said Greg's got to go. He's right. My opinion, Jay's probably got to go, too, if, we, if, if we're really going to come to a world where both of these tours exist. I think that's right. But what I'll also add is... Who's the most popular commissioner of a major sport right now? I mean, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> like, I could I, I could name a couple commissioners. I could not I could not rank them by popularity. Well, my point is there isn't one. Like, no one likes commissioners ever. It's just a thing. Unless it's back in the sixties and seventies when these people were part of the founding of these leagues, and then it was more of a rah rah we're all in this together kind of situation norman's his own thing there's no there's there's no one who likes greg i just think it's the sort of thing that the first person over the wall you know takes takes the brunt of it and even though it's greg norman and even if he was the second person he still probably wouldn't have worked but he's gonna go i'd be surprised if jay monahan was gonna go anywhere anytime soon i I agree with what you're saying i just think he's he's so entrenched and he will he will see that his job will be dependent on getting something done. The walls are closing in around him. For him not to make a deal with Liv would be risking his own job, and that's the most important thing to a commissioner of a sports league is keeping their job. Yeah, this is true. I I, I know you have Liv fatigue, and I think <laughs> we do a good job. Like, I don't think we – I don't think you and I overdo Liv on this podcast. No. I think it's smart to keep it to like a specific episode here Agreed. and there. Um, but it's important. You know, it's it's certainly relevant. The, my next thing is two separate tours. Like, they kind of are now. But two separate tours where Scotty Scheffler can play the PGA Tour this year. You know, maybe in the offseason, he reevaluates. He gets an offer from Liv. He can play Liv next year. Not saying he should be able to jump in and out of event to event, a week to week. But... For a season, maybe you make a decision based on on a, on a season, and you can go back to the PGA Tour later on. You can play live for ten years, go back, play PGA Tour, go to live, whatever. And all of these guys are still in the majors. All of these guys are still eligible for the Ryder Cup teams, for the Presidents Cup team. Just let them choose where they want to play, and don't blackball them and blacklist them for making a decision that they think at the time it might be right for them. I think the guys who were initially in live in sort of those last half dozen spots in the field that they have are really screwed right now because they took the paycheck, live acquired bigger and bigger names. They already staked their flag with live and now they can't play in the PGA tour. They can't play in the corn Ferry tour. So they're golfers without a tour right now. And that's a really tough spot to be in. So I do agree some more flexibility this just comes down to live being more normalized and i think that's going to happen and again i'm not pro live either i think i need to say that every so often i i think it sucks i think it's stupid is it as is it a disruptor fine is it making things better maybe but it's also preventing the best players from playing in the same events and i don't like that oh and also it's backed by a regime that you know doesn't think women are people so that's cool right yeah so we're 
there, there is that, of course. Um, which, I mean, I know it's annoying. redundant, but I feel like we still have to mention it's, it when talking about no, this. It, it, you can it assume it, but it's important it. to say it out loud. Yeah, for sure. Um, which kind of takes me to my next point. I know there have been rumors of Liv creating a women's tour, doing something similar with the women, but those were more... Those talks more sounded like the LPJ was going to be involved and they were going to work together. And I don't, I haven't heard anything in a few months. I haven't either. But I think some version of this where they infuse a boatload of money into women's golf and the LPJ tour is on board and not making players choose between Liv and the LPGA, um, I think that would be good. I would love to see a, a check with a bunch of zeros infused into the women's game. Hopefully there's a way that could trickle down to the feeder tours, to the LPGA, to, to all of women's golf. Because unless you're at the very top of women's golf, it is – and even in men's golf, it is such a struggle. But in women's golf, you know, to the 10th degree. Um, so I would think it would be pretty awesome to see some sort of version of women's golf that gets a massive financial shot in the arm. That's a tough one. I see what you're saying because it would be – so big for women's golf to have money, which equals exposure, which equals more money for the players and a better quality of life. But to have the the biggest women's tour entrenched with the Saudi government, I mean, that that becomes pretty tricky at that point, Nick. No, it does. Um, and I've, I've seen protests from from women's groups saying like you you can't do this like you this is probably the last thing i've seen on it which was which was a couple months ago um probably for this reason is, is basically I, forget, I wish i could remember the details but women's groups saying like look you can't support this you can't just look at the money and, and turn a blind eye basically do exactly what i just laid out um so yeah no i in this specific communication did list like some very specific details because to be honest when you say like oh their human rights record is is atrocious like okay but like what does that really mean but then when you say like the the details of what women go through and how they're treated and in kind of the laws and the details it's it's very it's much more eye-opening when you know the specifics yeah i mean a quick google will show some pretty heinous stuff at what's going on and to speak back to your Jay Monahan point, that's pretty frustrating that they didn't see a communication like that and like the LPGA Tour commissioner thinking about getting involved in the whole situation. Jay Monahan should immediately step in at that point and do something about it. You know, say we're going to have concurrent events four times a year or whatever. Do something, make a big change. In Australia last week, the Australian Open was a concurrent event. They had men and women playing the same course at the same time. It was remarkable. And Jay Monahan should step up to the plate when he hears a communication like that and try to work it out. For sure. My my last one, which has a lot to do with Jay Monahan, and we have some special visitors. Um, the President's Cup. It's time to make it PGA Tour versus Live. Just do it. It's such a no-brainer. The President's Cup is fine. You know what would get butts in the seats? I actually don't think the I actually don't think the Presidents Cup is fine. I mean, I think why? 
that when the opposing team has won one time and the event started in the 1990s, um, there's an issue. It's not interesting. Well, there, there's nothing super exciting about that. This is what when the Ryder Cup was. All for the a long best time. players, not this bad, and and we're not making the team that's getting destroyed, like chopping them at the knees by taking all their because most of the people who went to live, they're not they're not United States Presidents Cup players. Yeah, they're internationals, Aussies, and their best players South are Africans, gone. Yeah. And it's it's not. The future of the President's Cup is bleak unless something changes. Hey, I also have seen the idea floated of making it a mixed event because on the women's side, the internationals are much stronger than the Americans. And on the men's side, it's opposite, For so sure. that could level it out. For whatever reason, God, I, don't, I know golf is usually super fast to change and, and adapt, but they've been slow to include women in the match and in like these mixed events that they've been they, – they really should be there, but I would love to see either a mixed event or just PGA Tour versus Live. That's that a, would be that would be fun TV. That's a really good point because if they included Australia and South Korea on the women's side, we would probably get dusted. <laughs> it's yeah, they're powerhouses. Think of the names of that we would have in this event, like playing in an international for your country team competition. I mean, you'd have you'd have the quarters. You'd you would have um, Lydia Ko. Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, sign me up. It'd be cool. It would be cool. I agree. The President's Cup is not as exciting as the Ryder Cup. It's it's just not. But it's still oh, that's, a, that's a that's a hot take, Joe. <laughs> is that is that the pull quote that they're gonna take in post? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Even if it's not the President's Cup, get some sort of. PGA versus live situation going on just so we can see Phil and Tiger out there in golf carts battling it out. Oh my God. Wouldn't that, that would be awesome. Captain Mickelson versus Captain Woods. Are those the five? Those are the five. All right. I just want to wrap this up by saying that kind of what I said at the beginning, just figure out a way to get the best players in the same tournaments. It's as simple as that. If you do that, have a live. I don't care. I mean, these guys are going to take the money. It is what it is. I don't like it. I tune in sometimes for morbid curiosity. It's pretty easy to gamble on if you want to know the truth because they're smaller fields. And that's my take on it. It's fine. Cool. So you're just basically either figure out the OWGR or modify the criteria to get live guys into majors. Exactly. Because yeah. that's, that's an option too. Everyone is hinging the the majors on the OWGR the live money list like hey it only takes three guys from the PGA of America to get into a room and say like hey let's change our criteria for for next year and and it's done well, the you problem know, you is you're gonna have Pat Perez drafting off his team wins and <laughs> making like seven million dollars for yeah. shooting eighties all so, summer something tells me I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make the team competition part of live <laughs> um, a qualification for the Masters I mean you never know but I doubt it. Oh, okay. Well, I hope they figure it out. I want to have something there. Greg's got to go. Jay's got to go. Nick, I got a mad golfer of the week for you. You ready? Mm, I am. Brought to you, as always, by T-Box Coffee, a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California. What a great Christmas present for mom and dad. Package for the golfer who can shoot 68-112 at every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your money rounds. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout. Nick, are you familiar with the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort? 
I have heard Abandoned Dunes. Haven't been yet, but I think um, it's on my list. Well, if you go a little bit south of Abandoned Dunes on the southern Oregon coast, you'll find Bandon Crossings, a wonderful track. No affiliation? Uh, yes, no, not really, kind of, sort of, but not really. It's a no. Does that answer? It's called Bandon. It's, it sounds like it sounds like a no. So this course is very highly rated. It's like a 4.9 with a lot of ratings on Google. But I did manage to find a one-star rating, and that is our Mad Golfer of the Week. Let me take a drink before I do this. This is a long one. Hang on a second. <sighs> Delicious organ water. Quote! I cannot imagine how anyone other than those responsible for marketing this course could rate this track over a score of a two. Taking the gravel cart path over to the driving range, one has to dodge at least a dozen water-filled potholes to avoid an early mud bath. After well, dis- I gotta st- I, I, I have to. No, I, I'm sorry. I have to. Are they implying the golf course has filled the potholes with water? Apparently. I mean, hello, if it rains... I know. Potholes collect water. If it doesn't rain, they don't. It has nothing to do with the golf course. Well, and it says, sorry, no, no, it says gravel. Like, look at these simpletons with their gravel cart paths. My God. <sighs> After disembarking from the cart, a 40 to 50 yard walk through the saturated grass was required to reach the divot filled practice area. Adding a bit of mystery to the range was the fact there were no distances marked to any of the flags found downrange. The fairways were found to be in decent shape and the greens were similar. However, the pace of play and the lack of a marshal was unacceptable. Our 10.30 tee time, a twosome, was booked two days before we played. At the time of booking, there were three open tee times prior to ours. We caught the foursome in front of us by the third hole. They never offered to let us play through. And by the sixth hole, the group behind us skipped two groups to get past us and this human roadblock. Still... No Marshall. This continued until we quit playing after 13 holes and four hours and five minutes of time-killing frustration. Also, please be advised, the course does not loop you back by the clubhouse until the end of the round. This is not a problem if you knew this, however, when checking in and letting them know this was my first time at the course. I was advised there was a snack shack after the 6th or the 7th. This information is technically correct, but it would have been nice to know the snack shack was not open today. With only one water cooler found in the course, we would have purchased additional items to drink while checking in at the clubhouse. I mean, what a bitchy golfer that is. I have no idea what gender this person is, but they are bitchy. Male, female, non-binary, um, bitchy. Okay. The divot-filled practice area. <laughs> like, what are you What are you expecting? That's what you're supposed like to do. Like a pristine, never-been-touched, like, World Cup ready soccer pitch? Very strange. Divot okay, you're gonna you're gonna find divots in the practice area. I love that they they proclaimed that they disembarked from their cart. Uh, yeah. Like they were sadly <laughs> up guy. from base camp to Mount Everest peak. Like <laughs> I don't understand. Um Yeah, isn't there is there more, Joe? So this is something I've not come across before. We yeah. got a lengthy response. From Bandon Crossings, here's what they replied. Quote, For the past five months, our maintenance department has worked very hard to keep the fairways and greens in the good playing condition you found. Not a small feat with over 65 inches of rain in that time frame. Unusual even for the Oregon coast. Rain also takes a big toll on cart paths. 
and we continue to work on them as time allows. We checked into your situation and found the foursome that the two of you came up on finished their round in four hours and 20 minutes. A little slow. Keep your receipts. I know. I love this. A little slow, but they had cut up to the groups in front of them as well. We have a responsibility to allow all golfers to enjoy their round, and it is unlikely any course will insist that all foursomes step aside and allow singles and twosomes to play through. However, you may have not received correct and thorough information each new golfer to our course should have. In the winter, when there are fewer golfers, we do not always have the snack shack open, but you should have seen the drink machines that are always available there. It was an error if our staff did not accurately inform you of the day's schedule and offer the option to stock up on extra snaps, snacks, and we accept responsibility for that. We also like to give first-timers a primer on the course layout with some extra hints to make their round more enjoyable. Please be advised that we are doing our best to maintain the fairways and greens first so that golfers can enjoy the challenges of our unique layout and appreciate the shot values most important for a golf course rating. No notes. Um, Perfect. Drop of the mic there. Have you ever shown up somewhere unprepared and then blamed somebody else? Like, hey, I didn't bring any snacks to this golf course, and I'm going to leave the golf course a poor review. Yeah. No. Just bring your own snacks, dude. That's my fault. That's completely <laughs> my fault. I forgot to pack beef jerky on me. Right. Right. I'm not going to leave a one-star review for, for anybody else. Yeah, and this was literally the only person that left a one-star review at Bandon Crossings. Our Mad Golfer of the Week. Now, we're really circling the wagons. The airplane is circling the runway. There's a little bit of fog. We can't quite make out the landing. So, unfortunately, we are still without a theme song for Nick Rules. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout with going to Matchstick Golf. All right, Joe, well, you um, maybe could have benefited from this Nick Rules a week or so ago. Mm. Um, so sorry if I'm a little late, but according to the rules of golf, you are allowed to carry up to 14 clubs <laughs> oh for play. But you can have fewer. There is no restriction on the type of clubs for car- you carry. For instance, you could carry multiple putters, multiple drivers, <laughs> some left-handed, <laughs> some right-handed clubs. If you start around with 14 clubs, which you started your last round with just one club, you are generally limited to those clubs for the rest of the round, even if you lose one or break one while making a stroke. But you can continue using a damaged club or have it repaired if possible. If you start a round with fewer than 14 clubs, say one, for example, you can add clubs during the round until you reach 14. What? The 85 could have been a 79, but you must not delay play in doing so. When you have a partner, you can share clubs, provided that the total number of clubs between the two of you is no more than 14. How how do I acquire clubs during the course of a round? If I, if I have 13 and I find one on the ground, I can pick it up and start using it? Is that, is that what they're saying? Without delaying play, maybe you, maybe you swing by the parking lot and your car is <laughs> okay. over there. Maybe somebody drops one off to you. Maybe you, you purchase one at the turn. Um, you could buy one off your buddy, <laughs> whatever you want to do. I, I've played, I played around a round of golf where, where my, um, me and my buddy were, were playing. We got paired up with another twosome and he literally bought a driver mid round off the, off the guy in the other twosome and he still plays it to this day. It was like eight years ago. How much did he pay for it? 
like 35 bucks and it was like a tailor-made r9 or our tailor-made r7 and it's still bombing it it's great how did he decide to purchase that um the guy had just gotten a new driver so he had two in his bag and he's like oh, i'm trying to get rid of this one and and my friend was like yeah i'm hitting my driver like you know and uh he he hit this driver and hit a good one and was like yeah i'll buy it so buy so buying a driver off someone mid-round completely legal as long as you have 13 in your bag to start. That's right. And that's why you come to At The Turn 4. Nick Rolls! Promo code TURN20 at checkout. Remember, rate and review the podcast. Leave your review with the recipe for an Arnold Palmer beverage. You're automatically entered to win the contest. DM us about the Survivor Pool. It's going to be a lot of fun in 2023. Nick, what did I forget? I don't think you forgot anything. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.